0: Um, I I just got a couple of things that I need to do also, and then I'll tell you what we're gonna do um, today. Uh, Last weekend, Rebecca Murley taught. How many of you were here and heard heard Rebecca? It's a tremendous message. Um, Prophetically, I told Rebecca, the Lord has put a sword in your mouth, and the Bible says that that sword is able to cut what's flesh and, and move what's spirit. So it gets rid of worthless things, and it encourages um, godly things, right? And I just want to thank her. Um, you did a tremendous job. And you did it with such, um, s- such, such class and such character. And uh, the Lord has given you a really wonderful place here. Rebecca's our prayer pastor. She prays for you every day. She fasts for you. When you get to heaven... You might find out that there have been people that you've probably never had a conversation with that have been very, um, very necessary in your spiritual growth in your life that you'll probably want to be able to thank. God will probably show you all the people who had an impact that, that you didn't know about. This is a person right here who is having an impact in your life and you may not know it. I literally, every day, she prays over this body and fasts for, for all of us. She prays for Chris and I and, I just wanted to publicly take a moment and say thank you for what you do for us, Rebecca. Well done. It's often behind the scenes, but well done. Uh, Last time that I taught, I had talked about fear and um, we really felt like the Holy Spirit used it in a really powerful way. Had a lot of people that um, had contacted, what do I do? How do I, you know? Um, First of all, let me encourage that. There's nothing wrong with finding yourself at times in life I'm stuck. I don't know how to get out of this. I don't know what to do about this. Listen to what I'm saying. There's no shame in ever finding yourself stuck or not knowing what to do about a situation. Here's the shame when you won't do something about being stuck. If you find yourself stuck, our church, I've got three counselors on staff full time that are here for you. They are here to work with situations in life like, let me, let me give them, fear, stress, anxiety, depression, listen to this, addiction, and don't fool, just because we're here on a Sunday morning does not mean that people don't deal with addiction, right? And it's, it's just, uh, Pastor Jake was right when he gave that word, in here is such a, it's a greenhouse, isn't it? right? It's, it's meant to be a place where you can come in and you're protected from the direct heat and the direct, you know, weather. It's, it's a greenhouse, but the problem with the greenhouse is it's not the way that the world is run, is it right? So you can be healthy in here, but it's so difficult Then how do you carry it out of here? So that's what I'm trying to say. If you find yourself in a situation where you're just like, ah, I don't know, this fear has gripped my life or it's anxiety. If I touched on any of those things and it just like exposed something don't stay stuck. Here's what you would do. Here's my recommendation. We have a counselor in particular that's very skilled uh, in this, um, knows what she's doing. So if you want to use a device to write this down or you need to get out a pen or a pencil, I'm stalling for a, min- a minute so that you can move. Nobody, everybody's like, oh, I, your mind is a steel trap. Is that, is that? I bet it's rusty would be my, my guess. Come on, right? If you need help. So it's D, I'll spell it out for you. D- Marcus, one word, D-M-A-R-C-U-S at jfc.org. Um, and if you would prefer, um, you know, it doesn't matter to you, like uh, I don't care who knows, then you can call the office directly and, and, and ask uh, for Deb. But if you want to do it where it is um, private, email her, dmarcus at jfc.org. And then this last one, next weekend, the 20th, we will have uh, a voter registration here. And I know, you know, um, I was thinking, I asked somebody last night when I was walking upstairs, it gives a little bit away of how old I am. Can you remember the first president that you voted for? Can you remember who it was? Uh, for me, it was Eisenhower. Yeah. Oh, come on. What's wrong with you guys? The, hey, hey, it's okay to laugh. It's okay. Some of you are like, Man, I will not laugh. You will laugh. You will. Uh, it, was, it was Reagan. Voted for Reagan in his second term in '84. I turned 18 in '82, but couldn't. It was in between his four years, so I, I voted for President Reagan uh, in '84. Can you remember who it was for you? And here's what I remember. I remember at that time the very same words that they use every time. This is the most important election in our lifetime, right? So here's what I'm going to say. Any election is an important election. And if you're not registered to vote, you should be registered to vote. Be a part of our system, be a part of what's going on. Do not withdraw yourself, do not withhold yourself. We're going to make it this easy for you. There'll be a table out there. There's a voter registration guide. No one here will tell you how to vote. I work overtime to keep it where Jesus is the reason we meet together, not a political you know, ideology and amen to that, right? Amen to that. But it it, it is important. I think it's a, uh, not an obligation, it's a responsibility, and it's a privilege to participate in the system that we have, folks. And I, I, it gets so knocked today. Ah, I, now I wanna go in another direction. I love this country. I think this is the greatest country in the world. Uh, this country. If you're just like, well, it's got a lot of flaws. Everything on earth, heaven is heaven. Earth is not heaven. You will not have the perfect system until Jesus is over the entire system. But between now and then, we have a great system. I have been around the world and I'm telling you, this is a great system. Now, it doesn't justify everything. But it does say we have a great country so amen whether you like it or not okay Uh, so where was i going oh yeah voter registration so because of that uh there'll be a table in the foyer next weekend and if you are not registered to vote we can get you registered to vote there's a voter guide there that talks about all the candidates and in particular i do think this is important and this is what this voter guide will do i think that if you're a believer uh, that you need to consider morality when you vote. And so you, you may disagree with me. If you do, I don't wanna know. Just here, here's the deal. I think that life is precious. I think that it's, it's sanctified. I think that we need to watch over it. And so one of the ways that I vote or for people who protect that issue right there. Now, you may go, well, you're a caveman. No, I have grandchildren that mean more to me than anything else, and I think that life is precious, not accidental, on purpose, and God-breathed. Okay, That's my opinion. So um, if you disagree with that, then you can vote for another candidate, and I will still love you, but I don't want to know. Um, So uh, uh, if you're not registered to vote next weekend, you'll be able to do that, and then we'll have voter... Uh, registration guys. Okay, that's it for my, um, my announcements. Here's what we're doing this weekend. It's a little bit different. If you happen to be visiting this weekend, um, perhaps you're like, gosh, do they do it this way every weekend. Not exactly. Uh, normally, um, just like I talked about with Rebecca, one of us is teaching and primarily it's me that's teaching. Um, but there's something that I wanna address. And I felt like the Lord, um, I felt like the Lord put something in my heart that I'm gonna try today. Um, I can't remember ever doing it this way in 22 years, to be honest. Um, But I I felt like it was worthy of doing. And let me explain myself before we do it. There is a a family in our church that actually got COVID-19. And they're the only family in our church that I'm aware of that actually got it. Now, I'm aware of people outside of our church that got it. And some of the campuses that we help to uh, established in the last few years. I'm aware of some friends at some of those churches who were exposed and got it. But the only people inside of our church that I'm aware of, um, uh, the rooters. That's, that's their last name. Um, and, and in their business, they have a pallet business. And if you don't know what pallets are, everything in a store arrives on a truck on top of a pallet. It's that piece of wood that the forklift picks up. Can you think about what i They're the ones who make the pallets. So, um, they're considered an essential business because you would not be able to shop for anything unless it's on a pallet. And their their, uh, premise was Lord, we're essential. We have to go to work. So, we're going to ask that you would protect us from having anything come through the door. And they're quoting scriptures. And then it didn't go the way that they were hoping. What's the story in that? Is life suddenly over? Or can God do? My Bible says that God can take all things, even bad things, and use them for good in our lives. So when I heard their story, here's what I'm trying to do. I think that in media today, when it comes to the idea in particular of of COVID-19, certainly the only side you hear is um, bad, 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 death, 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 uh, fear, fear, fear. You agree with that statement? There's very other, um, very little other part presented. Now, <clears throat> I, I am not saying the COVID-19 is not serious. I am not saying that uh, you throw caution to the wind. But I am going to say today these two things as pastor, and I I need you to hear me as pastor. Hebrews 10:25 says, "Let us not forsake assembling ourselves together." as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. Listen to what I'm saying. It is impossible for me to pastor my sheep at a distance when they're at home. I cannot pastor you there. I can pastor you here. This is not discipleship. This is not one-on-one where where we're asking and answering questions. This is your pastor who stands up on the weekend and is is trying to encourage you, trying to instruct you in the word, trying to to at times admonish, at times draw. And I, I take that work very seriously. I've given my life to one group of people. I haven't used this as a platform to go to bigger places and do other things. I went one place and gave my life to one group of people. So I take what I do with all seriousness. And I'm saying to our church and in particular, those of you who are watching right now, if you're at risk, enjoy our video. If it's impossible for you to get here, enjoy our video. But if you have fallen into the habit of, it's easier for me to watch it on my couch, I don't have to get dressed, I don't have to drive and find a parking place, I don't have to put up with all the particulars of, of being a part of an organization and, and, and being in person, Listen, what I'm saying to you. It may not happen in one week, five months, but over a long period of time, you are going to spiritually suffer. And if you fall into the habit of not gathering together, you're not getting encouragement. I, I'm telling you right now, as your pastor, you have made yourself a target for the enemy. And at some point, he will simply suck you away and you will not go to fellowship at all, is what's going to happen. It is what's going to happen. So I'm speaking to you and I need you to hear me. For those of you that are here, what I want you to get out of what you're about to watch, this interview with this family and what God did, I I wanna just give another side to the story, that instead of just constantly living in just terror and fear uh, and just, just like, what's gonna happen with the future? Look, God did not promise us that there are not troubles in this world. Jesus said, there are. But he said, fear not. Say that with me. Fear Fear not. not. I've overcome the world. We have to live our lives with wisdom and without fear. With wisdom and without fear. And if you're not doing that, you're not living. And God put you on this planet to live, not to live in terror. Right? So I want you to hear the message here. If you're like, pastor, that... You're just giving one side of it. Yes, one side against seven months of a million other voices saying bad, bad, bad constantly. Okay, I do recognize that for our medical professionals. I, this is not me saying this is not serious that, that people have died from this. Again, I, I can't try to just go back and hit everything. People that are watching online right in every week saying, it seems like nobody there is practicing social distancing or wearing masks. You see one slice of a service. When you get to your seat, we, we have um, a variance that allows us to take the mask off at our seat. What I've asked people to do is when they walk in and when they leave to wear the mask. Now you, you're like, well, maybe this person did true. There are some who just simply they forget or maybe some have a medical condition, but we're social distancing. We are limiting the number of people. We're asking for masks. We're sanitizing after every service. I just want you to know that if you're sitting there and you're thinking, is he just like throwing caution to the wind? That's not what I'm doing, but I'm asking you to listen to this right here. I think that God's got a voice in this that might be particularly interesting. It's not very long and I will come back up and, uh, and wrap it up. So take a look at this. Hi, Jubilee, Pastor John, and I've got some special guests joining me today. This is James and Corrine Reuter, uh, members of our church, personal friends to Chris and I. Uh, James and I go all the way back to high school. There's a story there, but maybe another time. Uh, but the Reuters, um, a couple of different times, have, um, have lived their lives in such a way that I've brought them up in front of Jubilee to talk about some of the things that they've done with their business and just, uh, just how the Lord has used that in a really profound way. So many of you are already going to know this couple before we start. Many of you, it'll be the first time that you are meeting them, but uh, I, I want to introduce you to two of the most incredibly important people in our lives and people that we just love. This is James Kareen Ruder. Welcome. So glad you're joining us here today. Thank you. Thank you, John. Yeah, uh, you bet. So um, James and uh, I, I call her Carrie. You're not allowed to. I am James and Carrie. Um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about COVID nineteen. Uh, they they and their family were exposed to it, and it's a really neat story. But before we get there, what makes it um, what makes it all come together is sort of what happened prior to that, and something that happened inside of your business, and so. We were talking a little bit before about uh, just about how priorities got organized in your life before anything else ever happened. So maybe that'd be a great place for us to start. So um, why don't we go from there? Tell your story about your business first and how God was already working before we ever got to COVID-19.
1: Well, our company is Eleanor Palette and my mom and dad started it, Larry and Doris, in 1974. And we have we couldn't officially decide the date or how we actually both said, yes, we're going to work there. But when we got married in 93, we both became full-time employees in 94 and have been growing the business. And, you know, we didn't know exactly what we were doing as the business grew, and we figured a lot of things out the hard way. But um, in 2010, we had a moment in time where we've discovered we were being embezzled from by our entire team. And it's a dar- it was a dark moment for me personally, um, thinking we were going to lose a business that we had dedicated our lives to. And so this April 1st, 2020, was the 10-year anniversary of me firing our entire leadership team. Mm-hmm. And that's important because what started after that and what God started to do in our lives and, and how we started to discover relationship with him in a completely different way and we didn't have the answers we were pretty desperate we needed help we needed people we needed workers but he he took us down this journey which was really um a blessing but what we in that dark time in the beginning you know i i had to surrender i was finally i came to a point in my life where i was just like lord i don't know what to do i don't know how to fix this I'm going to give it to you. If it's really yours, if this business is really yours, you stay up all night and worry about the problems that we're having. I need rest. I was, I was just wearing myself out. I was a one man show and she was supporting me in every way she could, but we didn't have people. I mean, you know, I'm doing the sales, I'm on the forklift and, um, there's a lot of steps. We norm right. Currently we staff a hundred and Fifteen people. Wow! And so, when you don't have any leadership for that, Um, and it was the same number, might have been 130 back then. There's a lot going on, and and you know, I just came to a point. I'm like, I can't do it, God. I mean, I I got to give this to you. And we started to invite him in. I did in in a different way. Um, So so fast forward, you know, ten years we started to practice faith in the workplace. We started just to invite God in, in all different ways. We started to try to help other business owners learn how to introduce your faith at work and come to 2020 COVID-19 hits. We just kind of didn't, I don't want to say we knew what to do, but we didn't change anything either. You know, we were like, Lord, this is still yours. You're still in control. And um, I, think, I just think we've been through this the last 10 years to kind of set us up for this trial and tribulation in, in, at Eleanor Pallet and in our lives. But um, we were prepared to handle it in a different way. And that's, I think, some of the things we want to share today.
0: Yeah. I, so I think that that is, the story's fascinating. You're going to love the story. But um, you just reminded me, can you, can you go back during that, the, the pre-10 years, Can you cover just a little bit of how you turned your business into a ministry, what you were doing, just hit the highlights of it, just in particular, the people group that you were working with and what you were doing with that um, people group. And um, and Carrie, you you talk about that a bit too, from your point of view, what was happening just just during that time. Because I do think it's really relevant that when COVID hit, it is a tough test, right? But what you're saying is... God was already on the work in your, you're already at a place where it all belonged to God anyway, but tell us what that means exactly. We use that word, I, I had surrendered, I had given it, what, what did that look like for James and Corrine? How, how had you surrendered? What were you doing that, that, that made that real in your lives?
2: After going to to with Jubilee on a family trip to Peru with my two boys, um, I convinced James to come down the next time, and I remember that kind of started um, multiple trips thereafter. And we would find these kids that we would work with and the orphans and just the little pockets and groups of people. And when we were there, we would make really good traction with the with the, with the kids or with the people that we were working with. But when we'd come home, that traction would sort of drop off. Yeah. And I remember one night we were kind of downloading after being out all day um, while in Peru and just thinking, okay, it's really easy to do this ministry when you're you're in a foreign country. You can just be so bold and so so out there with Jesus, but how do you do this in the US? And so um, I think that was, um, looking back at that, it was like, God was like, okay, let me show you how to do this in the US. And that's kind of the beginning of when we started to use our business as a ministry. And we started doing that just by um, reaching out to the employees, um, trying to figure out what was going on in their lives, allowing them to share what was going on in their lives, um, to sort of unpack their bags. I feel like prior to this, It was like, you come to work, you leave your personal stuff at home, you know, just come in, give us a good day's work, we'll give you the paycheck, and and, you know, we were good, it was a good Christian company, but there, there wasn't the depth that there is now. So when COVID hit, we had a very strong team. And we had already become like family because we were so intermingled with each other. And we had already gone through just some of their personal things and the things in the business. And we'd allowed them to sort of unpack their bags and share things and let us help them navigate them as best as we could. And so I felt like there was a depth at which we all shared. And I think James and I, we, we, we've we seen, and I'm not judging anybody, everybody's dealing with this in their own way, but, um we didn't want to be the owners that were like, okay, this COVID thing is here. We're gonna stay home, we're gonna be safe, but you guys keep the business going. And we didn't feel that way at all. From the very beginning, we were like, this is a team, we're gonna run it like a team, and we're gonna stay involved to show you that that this is a team. When I think when the whole COVID thing started, we were wearing, we had such a heaviness upon us Because we were so worried, were we doing the right thing by asking? We we run an essential business, so I'm not sure if everyone knows what a pallet is, but nothing makes it to the grocery store without being on a pallet. And so for all of you to be able to get what you want, we have to go to work. So there was never a moment at which we stayed home. We had to be present. We needed our employees to be present. We physically had to be in the office. Um, but with that depth that we had created with our team, there was such a weight at which we bore because we were so afraid, were we doing the right thing by asking them mm-hmm. to come in? Yeah. And, um You know, were we making the right decisions? We had emails from from friends and from family telling us we were doing the wrong thing, that we shouldn't be putting our our employees in jeopardy. We shouldn't be putting our own lives in jeopardy. And we knew this is what we were called to do. And so we just kind of kept plowing forward. In fact, we had a prophetic word spoke over us um, right when it all started that we were kind of walking through a crowd and the crowd was yelling at us and telling us, um, you know, what we should and shouldn't be doing, but we just kept walking forward. And that's exactly how we approached it. And we just had to get to the place where we weren't listening to the things around us. I quit watching the news. I don't think I've watched the news for five months. Um, and I, I it's a bummer. I used to really love to have it on in the morning and just have that noise as we were getting ready for yeah. the day. And I have not turned it on since.
0: You would agree that what we're hearing through media is just the worst of the worst stories and if that's just all that you're taking in even you're loving God your heart is you you serve him but if your mind is just constantly filled with uh, you know death 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 and and sick 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 and bad 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 it's it does influence how you feel how you see and what you feel like you can do can you just talk to that for a second
2: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think it took, and we were definitely feeding into that. Um, When we started all this, um, Psalm 91 was one that we really held on to. And we were posting it literally all over our business. I have it in my kids' cars um, because that fear was just so present. And I think it still is. It amazes me that it still is. Yeah. Um, and I actually shared with John um, uh, in the very beginning, I was walking through Target and it was when the quarantine was beginning and I was walking through Target and I just remember looking around and just saying, oh my gosh, Lord, we got to get past this. We've got to get past this as, as a society, as a, you know, as a nation, as the world. And um, I remember God just saying, it's the fear. And I said, I know it's the fear and you know it's the fear, but what do we do about it? And he and I just kind of shrugged our shoulders, like, I don't know. And so how do you get the whole world to come in line with that? To, to, to not allow the fe- fear to be is what, what dictates them.
0: Yeah, uh, so you, you know, you had actually texted me right at that time and told me about that experience and asked the same question. How, how do we get the word out? I don't know how to reach the whole world, but I can reach our world. And that's what this is right here. We're trying to counterbalance the message that's out there with media that does have an agenda, by the way, with what they're doing. And that that's another issue. But I'm just telling you, there is a bias to it. It's not just innocent. Here, stats and statistics. There's a reason why the, the negative sells news. We're trying to say, where's God in this and how do believers operate in this? And maybe that zooms us into then all of a sudden you have your business in this place where it really has become, James, I said it to you. It's like a church, right? It's a for-profit church. That's what it is. And you minister to your people. You love your people. You're involved. You've. You've. I, I wish we had more time to talk about all the ways you serve uh, your people. But you have yourselves in this great place. God has become first and foremost. Um, things have turned around since that time where the embezzlement happened. I mean, it's, it's miraculous what God had done for you. So you're, you know, zipping along and then all of a sudden man, 2020 happens and a little thing called COVID-19 enters the picture and maybe you can take it from there. What, what happened uh, at L and pallets when COVID-19 came along?
1: Well, I, I specifically remember March 16th, you know, um, one of the good things about this culture that we created over the last four years mostly is when we've kind of things have started to gel is nobody's prayer is not uncommon at Eleanor Pallet and um you know our faith is very re- prevalent everywhere and and it, uh, you know, from from services that we hold, the chaplains that we have come through. So when March 16th came along, I could tell you I didn't know what to do. I know that there was a lot of panic, the announcement of, you know, borders being shut down, um, just a change to the unknown. And you're just seeing the stats of Europe going across the, the teleprompter. Um, you know, for us, it was gathering our team together and, and this woman and I just being a the pillar of strength, you know, and, and I was telling her this morning, I don't know how, you know, I, I could have done it without her. I've been so blessed to have a spiritual person of strength next to me because we both have had bad days where one of us needed the other and, <laughs> and we, you know, we weren't both strong the same day. Um, but, you know, at the, at the beginning, everybody just immediately panicking for their job. I mean, everybody was just so concerned that we were going to close. And, and we didn't know. The word essential hadn't been created yet. Yeah. You know, frontline workers and, and um, all, the, all the things that we learned over the course of the next month. But, you know, that day one, I just had everybody in our parking lot. I mean, 115 people. And working through multiple interpreters and just trying to bring calmness and, you know, peace. And, like, it's going to be okay. And, but it was easy for me to fall back on... I don't know what the answer is, but I know who does. And they let me pray over them. And I can tell you that um, even though it's very common at LNR, not everybody, you know, participates in in the the spiritual things that we do at work, but they're okay with it. You know, we don't push it on anybody.
2: And if they're not, they have complete permission to, to take the extended lunch, to walk away, to go do whatever they feel that, you know, suits them better.
1: But COVID nineteen brought everybody together. Everybody's front and center. Everybody's interested. Everybody's okay with prayer, you know. And um, it's funny how panic can do that. Real panic quick, can huh? do that. Yeah. And so you know, but, but that in in comes our first thing that we're thankful for. We 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 have an opportunity to speak into people that we've never been able to speak into before. That have never
0: been interested like they are now. You had been praying because. Because you are an essential business, mm-hmm. and because the peace of God is in the situation, and because it's going so well, your prayer during that time was was what?
2: Our prayer was that there wouldn't be any cases. Like, from the very beginning, we just, well, okay, Lord, you've called us to do this. We are, we're in it. We're doing it. And um, just every problem that came along, we just kept clicking it off. So, like, there, you know, he, it, it was very peaceful, but that wasn't to say that there weren't issues that sure. kept arising. But with every issue, we just kept, okay, how do we deal with that? And we had an amazing team, and it just showed our team, like, each person would step up with each problem. So, like, if we couldn't figure it out, one of the team members would. Mm. And it was just, like, this orchestrated, like, Flow at which we were all operating at, and um, so Not then because
1: we're great because no, God because was just it was just like it. God
2: was just placing things on each person's mind and their heart and the idea and Have you thought about this? And have we taken care of that? And what about this? And how about that? Last night when I was in bed, I was thinking of this, and the team was just in constant communication of how to how to get through each little issue that was being presented. But with that, we started to hear you know employees started calling in sick and we were like okay why are they sick and so it kind of started off with some of the people in the warehouse and then it hit the office sort of say
1: <laughs> but to to answer your question we we decided like we're going to approach this like nothing we've ever done in our entire walk with the lord i mean we're going to we're going to be so on purpose about this, you know, and and we are going to cover this place with His blood. I mean, we're coming into. I mean, I remember you like maybe we'll be open for Easter, right? I mean, that was the hope at the time, and and we're like, we've got Good Friday coming, we've got Passover coming, we've got Pentecost coming, and I'm like, in this season, I mean, like, let the Lord have the glory, and but we had it in our mind to kind of look a certain way. In our mind, it was going to be, you know, I mean, we we physically walked around the entire property with our team and and anointed every gate, every post, every machine, every door with oil. Um, You know, we were like, you're not getting in here, COVID-19. You know, I mean, (laughs) it was, it was just, and then when we started to have cases, I think like,
2: wait. Wait, this isn't part of our plan. Like, this isn't, this isn't what we agreed upon. We said we were going to go to work. We said you were going to keep us safe, and we're not doing this. And then here it was.
1: And the reason I said I had COVID, you know, I, then I got COVID, I was so exhausted. I, I didn't know that I wasn't just overworked. You okay. know, I mean, we were just... We've
2: been through so much. We were going
1: so hard, but apparently fatigue is one of the effects of it. But, Mom... Um, my, my the only real symptom I had beyond fatigue was I lost my sense of smell and taste for three days. That sure. was that was my experience. The uh but the you know we we did start as as she said, we started to have these cases roll in and um you know the first one in, in one of our supervisors just has explains it like uh on Monsters Inc. when the sock got left in A the child room. Child's sock,
2: and do they you had... remember when they had the <laughs> <Yes>. child detection <laughs> yes. agency?
1: Yeah. You you know, and, uh, you know, we, we we had somebody out on the repair line that that seemed to have COVID, um, had very feverish, very sweating, you know, and we pulled him out of there and did evacuation. I mean, we had plan in place, and you know, but that this was case one. And, and he just describes it as going in there, you know, like a Monsters, Inc. And he's putting his suit on. He's got his sprayer and his little tongs. And he's,
2: All right, I guess I'm going in. Know,
1: and, and we disinfected and, you know, but... We rolled through those three, four weeks, and we went from DEFCON four to three down to one as employees started to come back and tell their coworker it wasn't that big a deal. Um, it wasn't that bad. Oh, you didn't die. Well, maybe I don't need to be as scared. And, and fear within our, our, our ranks just, just dropped. It started to diminish. It started to diminish um, drastically. And... You know, we've, we've interviewed a lot of our employees in the last couple of weeks and just trying to understand, you know, we, we, we want to know our story, what we did right, what we haven't done right. And, you know, a couple of our employees came in. They said, the one thing that you did for us is you didn't discriminate. He said, everywhere else in this state, once you have COVID, you're an outcast. I mean, it's like you're a leper. You, James and Crean, you know, after 72 hours, you, you had us back at work and you were giving us a hug. And it's like, that doesn't happen anywhere, you know? And, and we didn't really realize that we were doing that differently, mm. but what it meant to them and then for them to tell us that really set this, this you know, that message is in this COVID. I mean, when you have it, you're, 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 put, you're put to the side. We didn't
0: handle it that way. We haven't had a case in 18 weeks now. Um, Your experience versus what you hear the average experience in the media what have you seen to be the, the major difference between those two things? Well, I, we
1: were trying to add it up because a lot of people don't know anybody that has COVID, right, and so for yeah, example, have it, yeah. or have had it. You
0: guys are actually the only people in our church hmm. that I know that, that actually had a test. Now, I know some people, friends, but sure. they're not here. They were part of the campuses sure. that we spun off. Some friends in other churches that have had it, but it our church, you're the only family that I'm aware of that actually I remember got being
2: really angry about that the night that we had sent him away. And I was like, Lord, why do we always have to be the Christians on the mountaintop? Why can't we just be the Christians under the bush for once? And I was like, dang it, because he knows we won't be.
1: <laughs> well, we we know about 45 people Kay. is what we feel like our count is. We were going through it. And, and that includes our, our ministry buddies down in Peru, Larry. You know, he and all three of his boys had it. And... Um, you know, I just tried to walk alongside him in that. And, and he. And again,
2: the Bible verses, texting him Bible verses the night he was in the hospital. Yes. And I just
1: kept telling him he's, he's going to be okay. And he had to be because I wasn't moving to Peru. <laughs> but the, um, you know, we, 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 we know a, a large handful of people that have had it. 80 year old parents that had it one asymptomatic the other one struggled a little bit and it was fine Um, you know our oldest employees we had two that were 64 and 65 fine you know most that we saw anybody deal with was fever there's people that still haven't come outside and it's kind of like when they do they feel like they accidentally got on the wrong side of the fence at Jurassic Park you know and and, (laughs) you know something's out here going to get me if I don't get back inside and you know I don't believe that's out there.
0: So let me just what would you say to someone who's feeling that way where where fear has just fenced them in and they just feel so paralyzed? What would you say to that person James? Karen you too. What would what what would you say?
2: I, I don't think we ever got to that cuz we never we never quarantine so we never but we can we can physically like he said see the people when they're coming out and just like the and I think the longer that from our experience, the longer somebody stays in, the harder it is to come out. And so I would just encourage people just with the boldness of Christ to just, to, to reintegrate, to we, you know, and, and he's going to tell you what your comfort level is and let, let him be your guidance and let him be the, the navigating tool of which you're dealing with everything. And so, um, I don't know. I feel like the longer you stay hidden in, the harder it is to come out. And so, you know, with that boldness of Christ, and, and, and there's definitely a participatory um, factor in this where you can't just expect God to take care of you. There's a battle that is being fought here, and you've got to attack that battle with your Bible verses and with your thoughts and with your, your, your words, and I'm such a believer. I know you've spoken over this several times about what you say is what you get, kind of, yep. and I'm like, so be mindful of what you're filling yourself with and what your, your filters are because that is what you say is what you get, That's you know? So and so I think just filling yourself with the word that he has to say is, is how you reintegrate and how you get back out there and how you diminish the fear and how you battle that.
0: That's so good. That is so good. So I just went through yesterday looking at all of the scriptures that either say, uh, fear, not do not be afraid from it's in every book of the Bible front, to back. It's, it's God's overall plan with him on our side. We are not to walk through this world with fear. Now that doesn't negate wisdom. It doesn't negate, you know, paying attention to different things. It's not like we just go, hey, you know, bravado will protect me. Wisdom will protect you. And that's, that's clear on it. Um, but I think that's what you guys are saying is that uh, this thing was, um, there is a spirit of fear that has come with this. That has so cowed people and and corralled people and kept them from living. You just mentioned, we want to live. We want to, God put us here to live. And for so many people, they are not living right now. And fear, the the enemy is working fear in a very effective way. And I hope, um, I hope what we're doing here is helping to make a case for faith and for trust and for believing in God, and that he is our shield, and that we don't just surrender our lives away and hide when things like this uh, happen. I have um, one more question for you that I'd like you to answer, and I'd like both of you to take a crack at this, right? Here's my question. Biggest takeaway from this whole thing, now that it's, it's you've, you've walked through this, you've had this experience, uh, you, you were that essential business, God's blessed you so much. Your prayers, you know, we don't want to get this. And obviously God's going to keep us from getting it. Then <laughs> you get it and you have to kind of, you know, readjust. Hey, God's plan was not that, but it's this. And 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 he's just shown himself so, so strong on your behalf. I, what came to my mind, that scripture, what the enemy intends for evil, God can use for good. You basically have taken this thing that was, you know would have, would have, the enemy would have loved to have laid you low with it. And you turned it around and beat the enemy with it and have used it to minister to people and minister for people, right? I, as your pastor, bravo, well done. And you're sitting here because I hope other people, you're not, your normal people, you're ordinary people. You struggle with with fear and faith, but you just made the decision, hey, we're going to follow God in this. And I, I'm trying to tell our folks, look, look at, look at how this can operate. Look what can happen when you're following God and listening to God. So your, your takeaway from this, after everything said and done, your takeaway, what, what would you say? I think the
2: thing that I'm most thankful for is we too were in that space of like, um, the the worry and the fear and the sanitizing and the cleaning and um, I'm so thankful to not still be living in that place and so yes we had to get COVID to get to the other side of it but I'm just so glad I feel like we've said for a while we feel like we're several months ahead of everybody mm. else because we've already been there done that sort of and so that is one of my biggest. You know, takeaways or things that I'm thankful for, and then just the growth at which I've seen in the people around us, in my kids, the grit that it has created in my kids, and your kids are watching you right now. I don't know how old your kids are, but they're watching how this is being navigated by their parents, and that's how they're going to learn to navigate things, and so we actually bought these t-shirts for each of our kids that say grit, and it's the definition of it because it has taken grit and just the experiences that they're now going back into the world with, I just thankful for that. Right on. Yeah.
1: James. Just to see what God's done in this and is, is a huge takeaway, but to just, I've learned uh, the Bible just becomes 3d, you know, if you allow it to be, we can read this as a a Sunday school story about Daniel in the lion's den, or, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the, in the fiery furnace. And like, those are always nice stories. Oh, John touched on that today. But what about COVID-19 at Eleanor Pallet? And you know what? God was in it with us and we didn't perish. He didn't say we weren't gonna get it, you know, but he, he said, I'll be there with you through this walk. And so just to recognize the fact that we have this, we, to recognize and to grasp, we have the authority over Satan, you know, we we don't have authority over other people, but with the Lord in us and is, we have the authority in that spiritual realm, and we have a choice to act on it. And we've just learned to, we grew in Christ. I mean, I I don't know that if I I've been able to experience Jesus and the the Lord in a way that I never have before in the last five or six
0: months. Yep. Yeah. I want to thank both of you for taking time out of your schedule. I know you both are super busy and um, I, I just want to say thank you for loving me, loving our church and loving Jesus um, and then living that out in front of people. Uh, it just means the world to me that you would take your time to tell your story and I just think it's going to be so helpful uh, for so many people. So I just wanted to say thank you for this. and. Um, you know, folks, as we close this out, I, I just want to say to you, I know you, you're, you filter this message through your life and think, you know, maybe, hey, good for them, but I, I just don't know if I can do it. There would have been a time in the middle of it that they would have thought, I don't know if we can do this. And I, I think if you, you pull it all together, they're not saying, hey, we're, we're superhuman people. They're saying that trusting God and walking day day after day and just allowing the Lord to lead them and not letting fear become the the predominant way that they live their life, but their connection to Jesus and faith being the predominant way that they live their life. They're not saying that serving God keeps COVID from happening. They're saying that even if COVID happens, God is with us. And the word does tell us all things work together for good to them that know and love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So I hope that this will just kick fear in the teeth and that faith will rise up. And I pray that you're able to take this and be able to, um, to move forward in your life. I really believe that that's what God has for us in this. So thank you for uh, watching this and for tuning in. And um, yeah, we will uh, see you next time. I enjoy listening to that guy, uh, that's right. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, So just to reiterate, um, you hear this today, and of course, you know, it, it's going to be easy. I cannot cover every single thing with it, but I am trying to say, one more time, if you're at risk, I'm not talking to you. You need to take care of yourself. And you need to avoid things that would put you in danger. If it is not possible for you to do what I'm asking, there's no condemnation. If in your spirit you feel like you can't do it, you have to listen to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, and I encourage that. But if it's anything else outside of that, and you've fallen into that pattern of just, it's just easier to... um, to live with the habit of not gathering. As your pastor, I'm saying danger. The yellow light is flashing. And I'm saying to you, you've got to stop that. That's not what God has. For those of you that are sitting here, what I hope you will take from this and what I hope you will you will hold in your heart, um, you obviously have overcome the center of gravity that would keep you from, from venturing out. And yet I know I battle with it every day too. Um, the enemy's objective in this. You've got the science that is real, no argumentation about that, but then you have an enemy who is manipulating that with fear in people's lives. And we all know it's true. Fear is a prevalent thing. How powerful is fear? How powerful is fear? I mean, fear causes people to live their lives the exact opposite of how God wants you to live your life. And God has not given us a spirit of one more time God has not given us a spirit of but of love, power and a sound mind. God wants you to have a sound mind over these issues. So that's my I feel like I'm I actually feel like I'm pastoring very well right now in what I'm trying to do. For you, And I hope you can see it from the point of view I'm trying to, to bring to you. If you feel like, Pastor, I just, I, I, I just feel like you're ignoring uh, the reality of it. I am not. I feel like it's such a small sliver of what I've done versus months and months of just constant, you know, another message. And so I pray that you will bear with me even if you disagree with me. Would you bear with me in the in the scenario, and allow me to pray right now? So, Father, um, for our folks that are watching this, that are a part of this church, and they are um, they're they're your sheep, and as um, as an under shepherd to the great shepherd, it's my job to gather sheep. Shepherds gather sheep. And they tend them. They watch over them. They protect them. And so for those of you who are hearing this and just have been so reluctant, there's nothing but fear that's keeping you from being able to get off high center. I just speak to that right now. May the Lord encourage you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord help you. May the Lord cause you to rise up and to live without fear. For those of you all together who are listening to this and just that constant battle you don't know man i'm just I just rebuke fear and I pray love and I pray peace, and I pray a sound mind over the people of God Jake's word about the the fragrance the presence of the Holy Spirit that when we draw near and and then we have to go our own way. May that fragrance go with you. May, may peace go with you and may joy go with you. May the fragrance of, of just his overwhelming love go with you and watch over you. And I pray it in Jesus name. Amen.